admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. Where's 007? I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. My God, what's Bond doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Well, tell him to pull out. Immediately. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? A martini, shaken, not stirred. Hang on, James. The thought had occurred to me. Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. You have a nasty habit of surviving. What they say about the fittest. Do you lose as gracefully as you win? I wouldn't know. I've never lost. No more foreplay. to another episode of Bond Backwards. My name is Anders Holmes. I'm joined by my brother Adam over Skype in America. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> Still kicking it. Yes. Um, the Living Daylights. Uh, ah, what a... Living Daylights. I um, think this is a strong Bond theme by AHA. I know a lot of people don't agree with me. Um, I think this Bond theme and The View to a Kill are two very, very good 80s Bond themes right on top yeah. of each other um, by some of the best, you know, pop bands of the, of their eras. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's good to have some some scandy pop in there with AHA. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, what do, what do we... I mean, this movie has got a lot going on. Yeah, it does. It, it's actually... It's It's like... It's quite a complex film, it's, but it's not, like, hard to follow. Like, it's not complex. It's not, it's not like the fucking Orson Welles is the trial. This is just it's a big action movie, Andy. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, it, like, in response to, like, the way that people viewed A View to a Kill, I think this one takes away a lot of the silliness, a lot of the campness, a lot of the, like, slapsticky kind of stuff, and then sets this film in a more you know, realistic world that people could sort of take seriously, like set it in like sort of the tail end of the Soviet Union. You have like, I think Jerome Krabs, Colonel Koskov or General Koskov, I think he's kind of a, I mean, I do like him in the film, but I do feel like he is a bit of a, uh, a, a he, he, he almost could have been like in a Roger Moore Bond film, but they were held him over and put him in this film and stuff. But like, I feel like well, the villain- yes, I, let me, let me just say, we talked about good bad guys in uh, License to Kill. There are some terrible bad guys in this film. I mean, Joe Don Baker as well is... Um, you know, a fan he's, of him. I like Joe Don Baker. I just think the, his character is, is a bit rubbish in this. Um, just some arms dealer. It, it, it all ends up feeling a little bit small potatoes. Um, and he doesn't feel very dangerous. Like, that scene where he gets killed by a bust of Wellington, it's, it feels like he's a very easy villain to overcome. That said, yeah. what's the name of the, the henchman with the exploding milk bottles? Um, uh, like, yeah, sorry. Let me just uh, quickly look his name up. I'll give it in a second. 
Well, just as, by the way, also, when you said realistic earlier, there are exploding milk bottles in this movie. Yeah, it is a German actor, Andreas Wisniewski, called Necros. Necros, yes. And Necros is a good um, villain in the tradition of, like, you know, the hard-to-kill Germanic uh, henchman dude. Um, oh, he's in Die Hard. He plays... He's There's no one coming to help you. Come out now. <laughs> is that him? That's him. That's that guy. <laughs> is that he the guy who says you're running out of table? <laughs> no, it's him? not it's not that guy. It's the guy it's uh it's it's the dude's brother. It's the first one who gets killed. Oh, is it now I have a machine gun ho ho ho. Yeah, that's that guy. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, <laughs> there are rules for policemen. Yeah, so my captain tells me. He's it's the guy so it's the guy with the with the spool feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, fantastic. Yes, of course that's him. That's brilliant. Okay, well, anyway, he's a good he's a good villain, but the other ones suck. Um, yeah. The, the 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 whole thing is is I mean the the plot of this film makes very little sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the the other films had like I feel like in a lot of like Bond movies, I feel like even though like sometimes there's some like really silly like plots that the villains have you kind of understand them a little bit but in this one it's just them dealing drugs with the Muh- the muhaj sorry i can't say it properly muhajadeen Mujahideen. yeah in in afghanistan and stuff like that so it felt very like yeah it's like it's they're very small potatoes they're not just like you know they don't have a plan to take over the world they don't have a plan to drown silicon valley or blow up an oil you know for you know blowing up something in istanbul or anything like that they just you know want to deal drugs and guns right yeah it all feels a bit but um, but there's a great cast of characters in this, all the same. Um, you get your John Reese Davies. You've got yeah. your, um, you Art know, you, you've got huh? Art Malik who plays uh, Cameron Shah. Cameron Shah. You've got the Mujahideen, and he's causing the scene. Now you're going to find what the boom boom means. Um, the, you had Walter Gotel as General Gogol in his last film. As uh... yeah, it's great to see Walter Gotel come back. Uh, he's been in Bond movies since from Russia with Love, uh, yeah, and he... he's played a different character in that one he's also in the african queen is he yeah and the guns in navarone oh um but yeah so he's he's it's great to see him come back for one final outing yeah and it's it's got a lot of fun this film's fun yeah like, it is it is really fun that... like i mean even though like you even though dalton is a very sort of like like we mentioned in license to kill you know he's quite like you know, he seems like on edge the entire time, even when he's like sitting down and speaking with his superiors and like having a cigarette and stuff like that. He's, you could see him having a little bit more fun in this movie, especially that whole, sorry, that car chase sequence as they're trying to get across the border. Man, that's one of my favorite Bond car chases. That is because it's also a different Aston Martin. Um, you know, they've they've given up on the whole like Lotus Esprit thing. They've gone back yeah. to the Aston Martin, and it's a great upgrade it's like the db9 or something and it is um it's it's got a bunch of fun gadgets and that is a that is a great car chase yeah yeah it's such a great car chase i love the bit where he and it combines it combines two great james bond institutions the car chase and the ski chase in one scene yeah and they're sliding on a cello box i love that okay yeah the cello case is 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 stupid but the um that seems like another holdover from a roger moore film that they never did yeah that's definitely um nothing to declare except this cello like it's cello, like um, cello. what do you what do, what do you think of Maryam uh diabo as cara the bond girl the only bond girl in this movie 
I like the idea more than I like the execution. I don't know that it needs to be like it's very romantic, and I don't know that in your first outing, it's like it almost gets to like Lazenby levels of like, fuck, is he gonna ask her to marry him? Like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, um, and as we talked about in License to Kill, marriages in Bond movies don't really last long. No, so I don't really understand that. I feel like she could have been more, you know, um, the character that I think is her analog in some ways, like the sort of person who's involved in the plot that's way above her head is the main female lead in the Roman Polanski film Frantic. Uh, I can't remember who yeah. she's played. Oh, he, yeah, he, like, well, Polanski's married to her. Oh, I forgot her name. Yeah, but you know that character, like, feels like she plays it better, like, she's got a bit more streetwise, like, yeah. Uh, whatever her name, Cara Milovi or whatever her name is, like, she feels so, like, naive and dumb. Yeah. And, and also, like, like, she's been sleeping with Koskov, who is a, just a dunce. <laughs> He's such an ass. He's such a dweeb. It's like, how did this guy ever become a general? I know. I, I always... Um, yeah, I really want there to be, though, uh, just because it's Jerome Crabb, I want there to be some kind of Living Daylights um, fugitive crossover where, like, he's being debriefed by MI6 and all of a sudden the door opens and there's Harrison Ford and he's like, you switched the samples. <laughs> Provasic. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, the... then, then, then you get Tommy Lee Jones in a Bond movie. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how good... Okay, hang on a minute. Let me just... I'm just putting that in the back pocket for later because i know one of our questions is going to come up um so yeah. um so yeah so there's a lot of issues with this but it's never not fun yeah it's, it always keeps you entertained and i think that's the problem with a view to a kill there's a lot of moments where it's not that fun a view to a kill but it's, yeah it's just boring yeah it's very boring i mean even though there have been some bad bond movies they they're still fun to watch in so many ways but but like but I think like yeah, living, I, huh? Yeah, no, I, I was basically agreeing. I mean, I think there are there are movies that are like For Your Eyes Only is a is a good example of a film that's probably not great, but has enough, just about enough fun in it that you can get through it and be entertained almost all the way. Um, but there are bits in in View to a Hill Kill that are very turgid. Um, View to a Hill. I think the, the the view to a hill the view to a <laughs> view to a over the hill more like the roger more um yeah so i mean yeah like i think living daylights is a perfectly respectable um yeah. movie i think but i think that the um it needs it, it really just needed a, a rewrite um but you know what i think why not it's you know I, I again it's like with specter it's like yeah this is not the best bond movie ever but it's certainly not the worst um yeah there's been there's been worse bond movies and um do you have um i mean do you do you want to uh, go ahead and name your favorite bit of the film um my favorite bit my favorite bit is the hanging off the plane in the uh sort of final action sequence of the movie yeah, I mean that's—I don't know. I think I, I like, I like, I like all the action sequences in Afghanistan, and I think all that stuff is is quite well done. I actually, my second favorite is also. I find, I find all that a bit lame, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, there's something vaguely racist about it, but I can't yeah. quite. Well, um, actually, my second favorite is actually all the stuff in that little fairground in uh, Vienna, and also they're on the same uh, the merry-go-rounds that is in the Third Man, I think. The Ferris wheel, you mean? The Ferris wheel, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, I love that. And I, I again, talk about a film crossover. I'd love them to get in. And then this is Joseph Cotton and Orson Welles being like, what are you doing here? <laughs> it was like them switching. Um, <laughs> like, went... my, my favorite, my favorite bits are either the, the car chase or the, um, the, the whole sequence in the country house MI6 headquarters. I do find the milk bombs a little bit stupid. Yeah, but the kitchen fight is brilliant. Yeah, I know. And that one guy who fights uh, Necros, he actually manages to like get in some few punches before he gets killed. I thought that was pretty. Yeah, good. he's not just a you know he's not a pushover. So I think I think yeah. that's cool. Um, so yeah. Do you have a favorite location you want to go to? Uh, probably is it Tangiers or Tangier? Yeah, yeah Tangier. I was going to say Tangier as well. Actually, I'm oh, going to okay, say well, Vienna. I'm going to say Vienna. Oh, Vienna's great. Yeah, I could recommend a couple of good restaurants. Um, and you should definitely go on the Ferris wheel. It's a lot of fun. Uh, although it does feel a bit creaky and old, so um, it's not for the faint of heart. My stupidest bit, I don't know. I think it's the whole end sequence with... Um, Joe Don the, Yeah, and I think I think also he's um, he's wrong about a lot of his military history. Um, so, but, you know, the um, but yeah, that whole bit and the fact that he gets killed by James Bond whistling and then blowing up a thing that makes the duke of wellington fall on him it's just so disappointing it's a little um, on the nose in so many ways well not just on the nose it's just lame um it's <laughs> yeah. just like and then uh um but you know i i, I do um you, you know i, I give, no i have no i can't defend it it's just stupid yeah um, um i think one of the people i think we should sort of give credit to uh the director of the film john glenn because i actually i think john glenn actually even though he did direct some of the sort of lesser sort of Roger Moore, well, the two last sort of lesser Roger Moore films, I think he did a fantastic job with these uh, with these films. And he had actually been an editor and a second unit director on quite a few of the films since uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. So he's, you know, he's been part of the Bond family for uh, for quite a few times before upgrading to director. Because like, you know, second unit director, for those of you who don't know, it's like second unit director does a lot of the actiony stuff. So the director can focus on all like the sort of the performances and things like that. So, you know, sometimes second unit directors when in big films, they kind of go a little bit unnoticed, but they're the ones that, you know, kind of they make sure that all the action stuff goes goes well. Yeah, I mean, I think and I think that's a point well made because he does that in this film. It looks great. It feels great. It feels like a Bond movie. And the action sequences are are by and large really good. Um, yeah. Do... Although I will uh, say I will say one thing about him. He did invent the double take pigeon. Yeah, I mean he's in Moonraker. In Moonraker. Yeah, yeah but that's um it's unforgivable. I mean John Glenn has directed some of the very worst Bond movies. There's no way around that. Um and you know, we just have to we have to lay it out there. But in this one and in License to Kill, he does, you know, quite well. Um Yeah, the material <laughs> fits with what he was what he, you know fit fit well with him that time around yeah i guess i mean it's not it's not it's not brilliant stuff it's uh but it you know but it, you know there are some um it's i think this film is benefits enormously from just the array of locations the fun that everyone is clearly having and the sort of freshness of having a new bond um yeah. and a younger bond so um so yeah. that's good I think I think they did really well. I mean, we talked about Timothy Dalton quite a lot, and of course, I mean, I also have a blog post about him, which I'll be linking in the episode. But he he was a great sort of. I think his introduction as Bond in the pre-credit sequence was really nice too. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of fun, and to use Gibraltar and the sort of halo jump and all that. Um, 
Who would you recast in the film? Okay, so John Terry, not that one. <laughs> the John Terry who plays Felix Leiter is the most boring. I forgot crap. Felix Leiter was in this movie. I was like, that's not Felix. David Hedison is Felix. Yeah, right. He's the most boring crap Felix. We haven't seen Felix Leiter since Live and Let Die, and they bring him back as this like louche kind of jaded, bored kind of like dude who's just on a boat in you know with these glamorous assistants like clearly just like doing loads of coke and yeah. not giving a fuck um i his he's such a like lame bad actor this guy and his name is john terry which i don't you're not a football fan but that name evokes a lot of feelings shall i say from from a lot of football fans unless you're a chelsea fan and think that john terry's the bee's knee most other people think he's a cunt and so yeah it's I've, just heard he's, I've, I've heard he's a bit of an asshole yeah, it's just an unfortunate name to have um, for this unfortunate actor. So I just want to get rid of him altogether and put in his place Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, because yeah. I think that's a great suggestion we made earlier. And just make his part a lot bigger um, and basically have him uh, and Timothy Dalton take down the bad guys together. That would be my desire. Yeah, I think my sort of... I mean, I did like uh, Thomas Wheatley as Saunders, but I kind of felt like... I don't know. It just it just popped into my head just now. Maybe swapping him out for Hugh Grant. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, I like that. Like a young Hugh Grant, that'd be really good. Yeah. How many martinis do you give this movie? Then? Uh, three and a half. I give it a three. Yeah. Yeah. I think compared to like A View to a Kill, it's a big step up, but it's not quite. Yeah, it's not. It's not quite License to Kill. Um, it's a shame that. I mean, it's a shame that they never got to do a third like timothy dalton bond movie it's like all that behind the scenes shit that was kind of going on at the time just felt yeah like it would you... have been nice to have one in like 1991 yeah they were actually getting ready to they were like thinking about shooting in tokyo you know places like that and it's just it's a shame that they never got around to doing that there you go anyway um well Let's get on to View to a Kill for next time, then. Yeah, we're on to Roger Moore. This is going to be an interesting... Oh, it's going to be a long seven episodes, but, you know. <laughs> There's a lot to say. <laughs> so, anyway, well, i got to get off to dinner. So, uh, that concludes another episode of Bond Backwards. I've been Anders Holmes, and I've And been... I've been Adam. You have been. And uh... I, I continue to be. <laughs> so, have a good day, everyone. And uh, do check uh, back with us when we... Uh, uh, decide to talk about Roger Moore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. All right. See you. See you. Bye. Stinging in the rain. That's not funny. Where's your butler friend? Oh, he blew a fuse. Shocking. Where's Drax? Oh, he had to fly. Positively shocking. You missed Mr. Bomb. I think he got the point. Right idea, Mr. Bomb. With wrong pussy. You're not thinking that. I sure am, boy. You expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. It's a Smith and Wesson. And you've had your six. Mm -hmm.